The storm's approaching. Mary, Mary, King of the Bush is he. Love, kookaburra, love, kookaburra, your life must be. They're not safe. They're in the garden. Get them in, I'm begging you. In the last six days, three of your children have been stolen. We need to find the source of that power. These, they're kids' pictures. Now get out. Chloe has a power. She's using it to snatch the kids. Get out. If living things can become drawings, then maybe drawings can become living things. Come in. I can't. I'm I can't. Chloe. Chloe, I'm coming to hurt you. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Who, and on this episode, we will be talking about Fear Her. This is from the 2006 series of Doctor Who, starring David Tennant and Billy Piper. So, who are we? Of course, I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? I'm doing quite well, sir, and glad to be on another episode of Discussing Who. I'm glad to have you back on another episode of Discussing Who. (laughs) Was I too chipper there? (laughs) No, not at all, especially considering the fact... uh, well, I'm going to hold that thought until we get into Uh-oh. the review. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about the episode just yet. I was going to make a keep the spirits joke. high, man. High spirits, absolutely. <laughs> but Jeez. but you know, I will say this: I have never since we started doing this podcast in 26 have, and I'm going to make an assumption. I've never seen one of you two guys as my fellow co-creators of this podcast, of co-host of this podcast, come up with a more creative way to not talk about fear of her than the next gentleman that I'm about to introduce, who said, my office is so messed up with painting that I didn't know what day it was. And who was that? Lee Shackelford. <laughs> it was a, so you saw through that, huh? I was like, this dude does not want to talk about this episode. Well, I really, honest and truly, I, I said, well, I, I guess I better watch the episode, you know, so I'll be ready for the recording Tuesday night. <gasps> it is Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> that was the actual thought process. Well, you know, it didn't help that Kyle responded back saying, I've not watched the episode either. Mm. It always sucks when we... When you think you're ahead of the game yeah. and you've prepared and like, I'm going to be ready when that time comes and, oh, crap, I'm behind. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> not only am I not ahead. Yeah. So did you kind of feel like the person that shows up to church an hour late when the time changes <laughs> and doesn't realize? Like saving stuff, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but pretty much, yeah. Or, or as like, as for me as a software developer, timelines are everything and, you know, you get behind sometimes. That's right. Indeed, indeed. So I, uh, speaking of timelines, this may have been an alternate timeline for Doctor Who. So some news here. Um, read yesterday, I saw this on Digital Spy, that the character of Shauna from Last Christmas could have been possibly the 12th Doctor's companion had Jenna Coleman actually exited the role at Christmas of that year. Hmm. So, question to both of you guys. Do either of you remember the character Shauna? Uh, so, no, apparently. <laughs> and that's a good thing, because I didn't like the character, so I'm glad you didn't. 
Yeah, you're gonna have to help us out here. Well, well, there's nothing here really other than she was a she was one of the characters in Last Christmas that was in the base, and a lot of people thought that she should or could or would have been a great companion because I remember hearing a lot of you know like people basically saying, "Hey, she would make a great companion." And had Jenna Coleman actually left that she may have become season nine's companion. Oh. But after Jenna Coleman didn't leave, then she wasn't available or things had changed. And of course we got Pearl Mackey. I'm right. glad Jenna Coleman stayed because I didn't want, or I would not want to lose the opportunity to have had Bill Potts. Well, yeah. Huh? So, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> That's a roundabout way of congratulating Jenna Coleman. Yes, it was. No wasn't props. It? No props, man. Yeah. Hey, I did give her. I said I'm glad she stayed. She's the greatest. Yes, she. The haters. Man. <laughs> well, speaking of haters, I mean, you guys are just playing into this really, really good. Oh, nice. It looks like the BBC is like majorly cracking down on whoever it was that leaked that footage from the first episode. Ooh. And the reason I say that is um, there is a subpoena that they uh, the BBC went to court and have actually got a subpoena for the provider of whoever it is, someone in California, it looks like, that has a OneDrive account that was linked to the file. That's where that file was stored wow. with everyone. So they're actually trying to find out who did it. <sighs> I mean... Other than trying to find the source of the leak, you know, so that maybe no more leaks come from that source, uh-huh. you know, especially if it's internal, uh, which it would have to be, I guess. Uh, I see the reason for wanting to track it down. But for anything other than that, I think the clip may have been a benefit to the show. Mm. Lee, what I do mean, you think? No, go yeah, ahead, Clarence. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just saying, I mean, it, it, I don't see the downside of that one clip. But of course, if it, it if it keeps happening, it's a much bigger issue. So maybe they're taking the right approach. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking, is that even even if in some unmeasurable way, the um, the the clip release did them some good. It, I'm sure that what they're standing for is the principle of the thing, hmm. which is that you're not supposed to leak data from our, our server. So. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm kind of following with you guys. And, you know, I think maybe it's some of we don't want people to think, hey, you know, this is okay to do. Because we actually speculated here on this very show that it might actually be, you know, the BBC. Maybe they really did, quote unquote, leak. And just to, you know, until we heard that they were going to court. So maybe it's more Mm -hmm. of a deterrent than it is anything else or to find out, like you guys said, if it's somebody that actually works for the BBC. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens all the time because if you think of maybe the biggest company in the world, uh, Apple, uh, and how things leak from them, sometimes they will push a story to New York times or whatever, uh, to get the story out there to, to gauge opinion. And other times it's a true issue to where, uh, maybe a Chinese manufacturer has, um, you know, leaked a model or a new design or something. So it's a tricky game to play because, you know, you want to control the news. But, um, yeah, it seems like this was not intentional, obviously, from from the court proceedings. But, yeah, just I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But regardless, the cool thing is 
it created a buzz and, you know, made me happy for more Doctor Who. <laughs> so yes. any other news before we actually get into this episode? Uh, principal filming or photography is is done for season 11 of uh, Doctor Who. So that's cool. Very cool. Now, I, I wonder, does that include the Christmas special or does that just include Ooh. the 10? Hmm. Question. I don't know. <laughs> Very good question. Mm -hmm. Because the reason I asked that question is, and I'm assuming the answer to this question is yes, but does everyone maintain into the next series? Meaning, I mean, assuming, you know, that the 13th Doctor will, but will all of her companions maintain? Interesting mm -hmm. question. It is indeed. We have no way to know. <laughs> Except no, to no watch it. We'll just have to watch it. Just have to wait until it happens. But yeah, I do know that in the past, the, uh, uh, well, at least I'm aware of at least one of the Christmas specials was filmed when it was really hot in the UK. It was summertime. So, um, so this would be the time when they'd be shooting it. Wasn't it, um, twice upon a time that they were saying how hot it was when they were filming? I was thinking of the runaway bride. I, I know that it was, it was really hot when they were out there and it's supposed to be. Late December. Yeah. But, you know, that's just like we assume that whatever they say, you know, the uh, temperature is, is really what the temperature is when they're recording. That's why they say it. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. So, so guys, are we not surprised that there haven't been more leaks from the show? I mean, they film, have filmed a full season and yeah. there's been very little to nothing leaked other than, Security's you know. Security's good. Yeah. 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 Is, I'm really surprised myself. Hmm. Tight lipped. <laughs> yeah. So that just t says to me, yeah. if it is so tight lipped that this may be a freaking fantastic, totally awesome series. <laughs> I guess I, <laughs> that, that could be a, a correlation, but I, I don't know. You know, I mean, but seriously, from the sense of they're, they've kept it under wraps even more so. Then, I mean, think about it. These are the people who revealed that the certain character at the end of the 10th series was coming back and revealed it themselves before and kind of spoiled it for everyone. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm going did. like, <laughs> the, that, that's who, you know, they did that themselves, but yet they're yeah. not telling us hardly anything about this series. That's true. And do you suppose that the the stakes are seen as being so high right now that they just don't want anybody to to prejudge it? Hmm. Maybe so. Because a lot of us, I, I speak only for myself and Clarence, but a lot of us have just said, <laughs> them boots look stupid. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, it's yeah. just like we got one photograph and we said, no, I don't like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, th there's a, there's got to be a degree to which they just want to stop as much of that as they can. Oh, I am so glad you, because I had not written this down and I've been wanting <laughs> to bring this up for like weeks. And I'm so glad you mentioned the boots. Right. <laughs> so I was watching, uh, twice upon a time a couple of weeks ago and right before, and I may be wrong here. So, and I, and I maybe should be holding this to our speculation episode, but hey, I'll go ahead and mention it now. I was watching right as the doctor got ready to regenerate or was regenerating. And when I did that and saw uh, the boots 
And there's actually a new, uh, really, really cool picture of her standing on a mountain looking over and actually looking back at something. And you mm-hmm. really, really, really see the boots. Yeah. I think those are the 12th Doctor's boots. Mm. Which would be awesome. Which would be totally awesome. Yeah. Hmm. They still look ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't look ridiculous. I agree. But that is for continuity-wise. Yeah, that, that would be nice. Yeah. yeah because the but, pants uh, are troubling. Just FYI. Well, I am also now I'm, – I'm looking at the picture now thanks to Clarence uh, sharing it here. And uh, I, I – yeah, I'm also kind of doubting that she could wear his shoes. Well, yeah, but she could wear but, versions of his shoes. Yeah, okay. But – um. But have we not said, uh, as long as we're into this, um, I know I have. Have you guys not been saying that the more we see of her outfit in action, the better we like it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember the first time I saw Matt Smith, I thought he looked weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was. Yeah. And he was, yeah. He was cool. He was not David Tennant, so. Right. And, and And maybe to the point that you guys made earlier, like the stills really don't give it justice, no, um, but to see it in action, it makes it a little more palatable and maybe even likable hmm, very good point, very good yep. point now, while we're going on random thoughts here the um the image that you showed um just now, and it says you know b b c Doctor Who, and it's of course the new Doctor Who logo. I clicked on some of the things that I had downloaded on my iPad, some of the episodes, and they have actually gone back and replaced on bought episode the Doctor Who logos from 2005 forward with the current Doctor Who logo. Wow. (laughs) That's uh, weird. Impressive. Impressively. Yeah. Yeah. Impressive, but still kind of like. That was David Tennant and uh, Christopher Eccleston's logo. Right. You know, it just kind of because it, it was uh, Rose and it was the Doctor, and they were side by side, and under it was the new logo. And I was like, ah, that just don't look right. Including mm. Fear, including well, <laughs> I mean, did you did did you notice this when you watched Fear? No, 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 no. Okay. This was this was a good episode. I think I was watching, but <laughs> wow. Well, that's all for discussing who this week. <laughs> next week. Uh, but hey, before we get into next week and the rest of discussing, <laughs> I actually do have some cool uh, feedback because we actually got a lot of feedback on Love and Monsters. That I, and I wanted to share just a little oh, bit yeah. of, of that with you guys. Uh, there was <laughs> a gentleman by the name of Matt Golden who is in the Hulanta Facebook group. And he says... A surprisingly good episode marred by a horrible ending that's so bad that it retroactively taints what came before it. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, it was a weird ending. It was weird. I wouldn't say it was bad. It was just weird. You know, this is weird. Well, but you you remember, I, I, I propose that as being the reason why people hate this episode, because really up until that point, there's so much to love about it, but we do get sort of to the kind of last emotional beat of the episode and we go, what? (laughs) Well, it's, well, it's funny you guys say that because Alan, our friend Alan Seiler from Atlanta replied as well. And he says, to Matt, a perfect summation. I like Loving Monsters a great deal, but that ending. It's one of my favorite episodes, but that ending okay. is so awful, it's funny. Mm. 
One of my favorite episodes, Alan says. Yes. So I, so I have one more before before we move on I want to share. And this is, comes from the Khan Kastabras Facebook uh, group. And Eric writes, obviously, the Absorbaloth is lame. But the way it shows how the doctor affects lives and the interactions amongst everyone and Jackie's part also engages. Yes, yes. yes. So, so it's, it's, it's obviously there's some love for loving monsters, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, are we ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's important. do it. All right. Here we go. So for anyone who has not seen Love and Monsters, put us on pause. Fear her. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I, I, I think I just blocked that episode out of my head. So for if you anyone, haven't seen Love and Monsters. Then. Yes. Oh, but, 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 but that's a good episode. If you have not seen that episode for which Clarence just mentioned, put us on pause. Don't go watch it, because from henceforth... <laughs> wow. Spoilers. 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 It's not that bad. <laughs> oh, come on. Really? <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, it kind of is. Uh, uh, all right, and, so summary view on here. I didn't like it, if you haven't already figured it out. But, guys, really? what did you think? Go for it, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess if people's problems with Love and Monsters is that we feel like the rules of the show get broken, that's what I was groping to say say last week, is that Ursula continuing to live inside a, a, a piece of the concrete um, – there's no explanation for that, and and, and it, it becomes magic instead of science. And I know a lot of Doctor Who teeters on the edge of being Harry Potter, but generally speaking, there is a credible explanation for things, even if it's double talk. And and, and I think that's important to the show that there are reasons for things. We we, we explained we we came up with a, a a scientific explanation, if you will, for the existence of Satan in the previous two episodes. Yeah. You know. And here, characters are coming to life. There's a real physical threat because of a drawing that a girl has made on the wall. That just doesn't jibe with anything else in the series. It's like this would be a very interesting episode of another series. This could be a cool Outer Limits, but it's just not Doctor Who. And I think for a lot of us, the moment where Rose menaced by the pencil scribble, I love the effect when the doctor takes the TARDIS and erases part of it with a pencil erase. <laughs> you know, but we're still saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> That's yeah. graphite. That's actual pencil lead. And it, no, 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 no. So, so I hear you, you know, it's, and, and it's, and it's, it's basic to the episode. If you're not going to accept the drawings, then the whole thing comes falling apart. But having said that, I think there are some lovely character moments with the doctor and with, and with Rose. And, and I love the, the backstory. I really love the idea of the, the lost alien entity that, that, that loves Chloe and doesn't care what happens to anybody else. And, you know, so there, there's little ideas like that that I like, but my God. And as a writer, I'm going to be done after this, okay? <laughs> These are all my thoughts about this. As a writer, anybody who writes, any of our any of our listeners who 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 write creatively, we understand how metaphors work. We understand how symbols work. If you introduce a symbol into a story, like light, say, 
we understand that it is going to mean to many people in the audience uh, hope or the truth or even love. Okay, so don't have a voiceover say that light means love and truth (laughs) and hope. Yeah, we get it. You know, it, 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 it's condescending to the audience. And that, I think, really, this time around, bugged me way more than the, than, than Chloe's drawings was, anyway, bleh. So, wow. <laughs> there, there is a lot of stuff that I, I that I did. I, I, I love, you know, David Tennant is doing the best he can with the material he has. Yeah. Right? I just think that a lot of the, the Doctor and Rose interaction moments and the Doctor's enthusiasm about encountering a new a new life form and, you know, the, uh, the, the passion with which he puts himself into trying to help out Chloe and, and her mother. Uh, it's terrific, but that's all. Oh, wow. I thought they would just add, add living. I didn't really think they had any uh, <laughs> material to work from. There was no script. Yeah. So Clarence, this is, Ma- this is Matthew Graham who, who would later write the rebel flesh and almost human. Hmm. Hmm. So just saying, hmm. yeah. So Clarence, what say ye? Is there anything left to be said? Um, well, you could disagree. No, no. I think I actually hate the episode for other reasons. Other reasons. Um, there you go. Um, so for me to explain part of my hate for this episode, I'd have to go back to a Superman series that came out in the, the aughts, uh, being Smallville. Ooh. So in said Smallville, there was this one episode where the whole focus of the episode was or uh, not whole focus. The episode centered around um, stride chewing gum <laughs> and somehow kryptonite had gotten t- into the stride chewing gum and it was giving people weird powers and was causing chaos. You know, total product placement episode. That's the only reason I brought that up. Um, and to me, this just felt like a product placement episode for the Olympics. And I don't know if that's a reason to hate it, but uh, it it just felt like um, I posted a shark in our chat and that's why I posted it. it because it just felt like the jump the shark moment for mm. Dr. Who, where the episode had so many blatant references to the Olympics. Now I don't blame them for being happy about the Olympics coming back to London, you know, 2012, I guess this. Yeah, but they was, didn't even have it then. They wait, they didn't. No. Oh my God. <laughs> that makes it even worse. I should have researched this. <laughs> what, do you, what are you saying? Wait, they didn't actually have the Olympics in 2012? No, yeah, they, they did, did have them in 2012, but they didn't have them like it wasn't confirmed that they would have them. Wow. Well, when, when they made the episode. Right. Wow. Yeah. So well, was this a ploy to get the Olympics in London? <laughs> I think that it had been submitted, you know, like for approval to get them. Wow. It's a possible future. That makes it even worse. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like that time ta- that town in um in Kansas or somewhere naming their town Google so they can get Google Fiber. You know that that uh, that's what it feels like to me. But still, it's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this felt like a huge product placement. On top of all of the things that Lee mentioned prior, um, it just wasn't a fun episode. It it was middling. It was weird. I do like. I actually did like the performance of the little girl, Chloe. I thought she did a really good job, though limited things she had to do. I thought that was interesting. We even got a Vulcan salute from from the doctor. So, you know, there were good things to be had in this episode, but I really hated the Olympics product placement and how it pretty much was the focus of at least 10 minutes of the episode. Um, 
but you know it, it it just just wasn't a, a good episode and, and quite frankly probably the worst i've seen period of new who okay so my turn don't <laughs> if, if 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 today is 2018 we don't need a doctor who episode set in 2022 or 2021 because within a couple of years, it's going to be 2021 <laughs> and 2022. You can speculate what's going to happen and be living in it within a couple of years. Now, I can understand in 1963 or 64 or 65, and you have the Dalek invasion of Earth, and it's in 1999. That's 40, right. 50, whatever years in the future. And who would have thought Doctor Who would have still been on the air all these years later? So. I get that, but, but there should be at least a 10 year mark for anybody writing that says, if we're going to go into the future, it's got to be at least 10 years. So that's my first issue. My second issue was, I understand the little girl did the best she could do with what she had, but by golly, what she was given (laughs) wasn't very good. So I don't want to fault her. Because she only did as she was directed and, and the scenes that she had. So I'm not faulting her in any shape, form or fashion, but by golly, it wasn't good. And I, I didn't like it. And I don't mean to interrupt you, but it is, I will agree, one of the worst Doctor Who episodes I think I have ever. To, to your point about the near future travel, don't you think they would be too scared they would run into themselves? In the next, you know, just a few years away in London, seems like it would be too easy to, you know, unless they just know they're going to be in a different part of the city. It seems like it'd be too easy to run into yourselves. Yeah. Uh, And that bugged me. I remember in 2006 that uh, I had I'm agreeing with what both of you are saying, that it, it doesn't make sense in terms of the logic of the show. And it also just seems like bad for the show in the long term, because, you know, that year is going to be coming while the show is still running, almost certainly. And I remember watching the 2012 Olympics thinking, wouldn't it be awesome if David Tennant was actually you know, out there somehow lighting the torch? <laughs> but of course, that's not going to happen. So that just shows me that what I saw on that episode was wrong. Yeah, it did. Yeah. It did not happen. So why did they do that? Because that wasn't going to happen in 2012. And I just, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that reminds me of another thing uh, about the logic of this script that just falls completely apart. We, we know that people like Donna Noble, um, don't pay attention to what's going on in the world. You know, she, she didn't know about the spaceships crashing and stuff like that because she's got her head in her own thing. But 18,000 people completely disappeared on the BBC <laughs> and then reappeared. And we never hear about that again. Yeah. Mm. And I got, uh, I will just say this and leave it, but I really hope Donna Noble was not in the Doctor Who universe. I do hope she was not watching the Olympics in 2012. Oh, yes. Good point. For for her own benefit. Yeah, that's right. That would, uh, that would be a bad thing. Bad thing for Donna. Bad thing for Donna. I had to do the math real fast. Yeah. Yeah, So, So, uh, yeah. yeah, And and, and obviously Elton was somewhere, uh, with, with his dear Ursula, um, Watching the Olympics, they said, "Oh, there's a doctor. I just saw yeah, him right. a few there years he is ago." Again. Yeah. <laughs> Quick, look, Ursula. Let me turn you around here so you can see the telly. <laughs> yeah. mm. So, so I'm going to actually. I've just formed something in my mind that will actually make this a fan. 
fantastically great uh, story. <laughs> if this episode forms something in your mind, it could be a tumor. Okay, so, well, just... maybe so. But <laughs> that the, the 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 creature that was sent to Earth. This is what my mind is going to say yes. from henceforth. The creature that was sent to Earth that bonded with the little girl that was so boring and so pathetically presented that it it would have driven a Time Lord insane. And what character would have wanted nothing more than to see the doctor driven insane? Missy put all of this into motion. There. Yes. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. and it's called Fear Her. And it's a play on words. It should be fearing Missy. There. Yeah. Or just leave the here. Yeah. The her. <laughs> uh, right. I like it. So I do like it. Both so, so so I have a question for you guys. When we when we get this <laughs> we get the scene at the beginning of the episode where the doctor parks the TARDIS, but it's parked in the wrong direction. I thought yes. that was a funny, real funny little gag. I couldn't remember what episode that was in, so yeah, I was glad to see that. Has it happened before in Doctor Who Who history or anything like that? I don't think so. I don't think I so. Think that's one of, I think that's one of those, we've always wondered what would happen if, and so they finally did it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> you know, of course, he just says, hmm. And then they get, hmm, <laughs> Do it again. But now, I will give credit. I mean, I've been sitting here ragging this, but 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 I think both of you guys said this. You know, the, the interaction between Rose and the Doctor, there were some good moments there, truly. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> well, I was just silent today. <laughs> no, I, I really that that that's what was saving the episode for me. There, or you know, making me want to uh, keep watching was that I loved um, the puzzle solving, the uh, the whole thing about uh, ionic matter, and them them both recognizing that it leaves a a smell or a taste in the air and things like that. And it, it reminded me a lot of uh, the Idiot's Lantern and them kind of uh, go around investigating them uh, together. And then they have some funny byplay about her being a policeman and stuff like that. You know, it's not much, but it's something. <laughs> it's it's something. the best I can do. <laughs> it's the best I can do. <laughs> um, I, but now he did mention, t- and, and I love the look on her face when he said, I was the dad once. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. You know, so that was a that was a positive. Yeah. And is that the only time that he ever that he's ever said that in all this time? Because we've always known that he was somebody's grandfather which means logically ah. he must have also been somebody's father at some point i want to uh, say the ninth doctor did but may not to have to rose well, maybe hmm. and i think the tenth doctor makes reference several more times in his tenure oh, maybe uh, so. just not uh maybe I, I think this may have been the first time to rose I need to see the doctor's daughter again because I bet you it comes up there. Oh yeah, give us give us time. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Hmm. I I will say I do like how the mother Trish, which I think she was also I think I researched this. She's she was on was it Cas- Casanova with uh, David Tennant. Uh, ah, cool, interesting. Yeah, yeah she she starred on there with him as well. But I do like how she was a um, a mother that kind of refused to see what was going on with her child you know yeah. it's kind of that thing where you know not my child and i'm gonna give her every opportunity to to kind of I guess self-correct yep. you know she 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 knew something was wrong she knew something was wrong but 
her instinct was to let it pass or, you know, maybe in time she'll be okay. And, and, you know, just outright refusing help. I thought that was a interesting concept because I know that has to occur a lot in parents these days or in time rings, (laughs) rings very true. Yeah. Very true. And actually right in, uh, one of the things that I actually wrote down about the episode was, was something that the doctor said, was who's going to believe the things you see out of the corner of your eye except me? And yeah. she says, who are you? And he says, I'm help. Yep. Which yep. I thought that was, was really, really cool. Yeah. So. We talk about looking up actors. I, I was interested in Chloe because I thought she really does have a lot of interesting things to do. And she's very committed to it. She's great. So I got on IMDb. I want to see what other things she's done. Do, do you know? Tell us. Nothing. This is it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is her career as a television actress. Wow. She was in a Doctor Who. And it made me think of the, the poor little, little guy who was a uh, uh, baby Anakin Skywalker, you know, who's had such a oh, time being bullied man. about how people hate the prequels. See, I can't, I'm, I'm blocked on his name. Anyway. Uh, Jake something. Jake yes, Lloyd. Jake. Jake yeah, Jake Lloyd. Yeah. That's it. G- uh, and apparently he's grown up to be hell on wheels and, and we can kind of blame, you know, Star Wars fans for that. Oh, I wonder, if, I wonder if this, this poor little girl has gotten just, you know, did she give up on a career because of hate for this episode, which is certainly not her fault. I was wondering. Mm. Yeah. You certainly can go two ways on that. You can have that, you know, what is supposed to be a breakout role for you and yeah. it, it goes sour. And some people take that as motivation and, you know, eventually dive into even greater things and and are able to bounce back which i certainly see this being a a huge ordeal for a little girl you know if you get such uh, a bad response from from an episode i could see that happening do we know if the episode response was bad at the time or Mm -hmm. is this kind of a hindsight thing well, the episode interesting that you said that the episode was watched by seven point fourteen million viewers originally in the UK, and it had an appreciation index of eighty three, which is actually quite wow. uh, quite quite high. Interesting thing is, adults did not like it; children loved it. Interesting, huh? And that is interesting. the The episode was written. Actually, on like really, really quickly, it was brought in to be a low budget. This is from Wikipedia. It was brought in to be a low budget replacement by a script by Stephen Fry that had been pushed back. And I think basically it was because they they had run out of budget and they needed something low budget to do, which is what this became. And it shows. It shows. Mm -hmm. And they... He was asked to write an episode primarily for children, which would soften the much darker finale that would be broadcast immediately thereafter. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> except if this is supposed to be the uh, the, the leavening episode, <laughs> then it's got an abusive father in it. Yeah, who who, who 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 we only see as being a demon from hell. It's yeah. I mean, yikes! Yikes, Arama. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the TARDIS wiki page here, and uh, I, I, which always lists the uh, the Doctor, the Companion, and who the main enemy of the story is. You know, they don't say monster or whatever. And uh, the main enemy in their listing, whoever wrote this, did not make it the Isolus, the 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 the, uh, the entity, but they listed the main enemy as being Chloe Webber's father. Interesting. Hmm. And you you could make a case for that, but yeesh. Anyway, 
Yeah, and 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 the whole song about the Cucacabra or whatever. Ooh, is that a British thing? Yeah. Well, he's Australian. Australian, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we used to sing that song around my house. Never heard yeah. of it. And neither had <laughs> I. But 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 um, it was sorry if you sung sung this at your house, but that song was freaking irritating. <laughs> well, you're you're not in the right frame of mind for it. Watching this episode, <laughs> maybe maybe not. So, um, you guys are not a Barney generation, or maybe you didn't have kids uh, in the Barney time. But but it's a song that you would sing on Barney sometimes. Okay, well, no wonder. But because yeah, yeah, because <laughs> that's annoying. It, it is a lot older than that. The Google Bird song. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, let let me since you brought up Barney and I'm on a roll tonight. The only way I would watch Barney is if you put Barney in a room with about a hundred Daleks, and then I'd be happy. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, yeah, with the big T Rex from uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So uh, I, another few things I thought were positive about the episode. I do like the the uh, tarmac guy or the road guy, pavement yes, guy, whatever. Sure. I, yeah, he was pretty fun. He was fun. I loved him and Rose's interaction, um, which ultimately I still don't understand the whole point of the Isolus going for the torch. Couldn't it, couldn't it just have been any plain old fire? Yeah. That, uh-huh. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a real problem, too. Huh. <laughs> I mean, if it was somehow established that the Olympic torch is the hottest thing in Britain, you know. Yeah. But it's not. And... Yeah. So, yeah. So, so maybe, maybe that's why I thought the product placement was a little too blatant there. Cause I'm like, okay. Well, that just makes it, that just gives more validity, my friend, to what you said. Because <laughs> that just blatantly says, oh, well, let's go look, look, make us, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. That was just, man. Make an episode about the Olympics. Yeah. No, I, I really, I really. Put your finger on it, Clarence. I think that's that's the big problem here is that they were so committed to doing something rah rah about the Olympics that we got an episode that takes place too close to our own timeline that asks us to believe things like the Isolus seeking heat would seek the Olympic torch, and the <laughs> BBC commentator saying things like it means light and hope and love and shut up. <laughs> and, you know, where is everyone? Everybody's right. gone. <laughs> Oh, I'm loving this episode because it's reminding me of one of my favorite quotes from all of our episodes where I say about a particular boring movie and I say, Lee, so what did you think about Superman versus Batman? And you say, and I quote, I absolutely hated this movie. <laughs> There's so much wrong with this episode, but I don't know. I mean, I like the part where the cars would die on the spot where the spaceship was. I thought that was very interesting. Yep. Uh, but, oh, man, I don't know. There's a point where the mother, Trish, comes into Chloe's room and she says, oh, let's see what's on the telly. Of course, she turns on the Olympics, but she turns on her laptop to watch the television. Which That's I- one of the things I remember from 2006. And, I, and at that time. We were not talking about streaming video on our no, no. TVs. And I thought, that's interesting. I wonder if by 2012 that will be that come. <laughs> and son of a gun, here we are. Yeah. I just yeah. love, she, she pointed to the laptop and she said, it's on telly. And, and I, and my, my students, uh, in, in my, you know, their college age, they do exactly that. They, they, yeah. they point to their laptop and say, I, I'm watching, you know, Netflix. So, yeah. Okay, well, how often? So, so they got that one. They that that's a prediction yeah, this in this episode. Right. Good point. Yeah. That's a positive. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little thing, but. All right. So let me ask you guys, when you're watching these episodes, do you watch them on your computer when you're, you know, watching before our review or do you watch through your uh, television? Just yeah, some of both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, sir? Uh, it depends, but, but nine times out of 10, uh, for anything that I'm reviewing, I will most likely watch it on this computer because I've got another, you know, like a note program up that I'm making notes as I'm watching. Yeah. Mm. Do you have two monitors on your desktop? No, I just have a big, big yeah. monitor. A big, because I, I have, because I have two monitors and I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll watch uh, the episode on my, my big, my bigger screen and I'll be taking notes on the smaller one or something like that. So. Oh, I I do like how the doctor um, parlayed the the compliance of the shadow proclamation in this episode. I thought that was pretty cool. That's right. Very cool. Especially since we hear shadow proclamation over and over, and that was very cool. What did you guys think about the doctor's comment to Rose at the very, very end of the episode? That's a downer. Yeah. You know, did, so, so I wonder what was it that he sensed, you know? I mean, obviously this episode was written to be a, you know, cheer up before the, you know, two part finale. But that being said, you know, so, well, well, where I'm going with this is, you know, that was before, I mean, it was written before. So here we are. And okay. I totally lost my thought there. So, so, so what was the comment again? Can you give me the comment? Well, it was basically about how things were, uh, he's about to get dark or there was trouble in the air or something like that. Ah, okay. Yeah. And, and when you're making an episode like that and you're thinking about what the last lines of the episode are going to be, you have to be conscious of the fact that what's going to happen next is a next time trailer. So, and it would be very hard to cut a next time trailer for this, this two parter coming up that doesn't, um, (laughs) let us know that, uh, that they're heading into a war. Yeah. Um, mm. So let me ask you guys a question real quick, if you don't mind. This has absolutely nothing to do with this episode other than th- that it, it did have a next time trailer. What do you guys feel about, think about, what's your opinion of next time trailers? Do you like them or do you dislike them or do you even care? Oh, I always look forward to them. Um, mm, okay. What about you, Clarence? Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to them. I mean, some. I mean, usually they don't give too much. Um, they're just really meant to amp you up for the next episode. Uh, so, you know, most of the time they're fine. They're mm-hmm. fine. Okay. I, I, I think, you know, for some reason I'm, I was thinking when I watched this one last night, I was thinking, well, maybe it would be really cool not to have known what was coming. But then I started thinking as a fan, no, you want to know, kind of have that tidbit of what might be coming because you're hungry for it. And then on the flip side, from the production value and the, um, not, not the production value, but the production company and the network itself, you want to hype, you want to market, you want to yeah. get that interest yeah. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. so I have five things that I consider to be positive about this episode, but I want to see if you guys have any other thoughts or comments <laughs> about the episode before I give my five positive things about the episode i'm trying to imagine what your five positive things are <laughs> number one it wasn't a two-parter number two oh that was yeah. uh, okay i have six positive <laughs> things. all right so number two it didn't have the slothene in it 
Okay, you're going to make my list keep going and going, but I'm going <laughs> it can't to. Be, all right. go, hope it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, any other thoughts before I give my uh, top five? Nope. Go for it. All right. So, positive number one: the tenth Doctor was in this was in the episode. Positive yep. number two: Rose, Rose Tyler. <laughs> Was in the episode. She was, wasn't she? Yes, she was. Yeah. Positive number three. The TARDIS was in the episode. Definitely. So enough. Okay. Positive number four. The opening credits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Murray Gold. Yeah. Murray Gold. And to pair with that, positive number five. The ending credits. Murray Gold again. And Mm -hmm. cool font, by the way. And mm-hmm. of course, positive number six, honorable mention, as Lake Shackleford said, it wasn't a two-parter. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. are we ready to give our final ratings? Mm, yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, Clarence, go ahead and take it. You know, David Tennant made the comment in this episode that everything is coming up, Doctor. But I beg to differ and fear her. Everything is not coming up, Doctor. And I'll give this episode a 2.0. Okay. Lee Shackelford. I can't have put, I can't put it more eloquently than that. So, but I'll just say two and then I'll shut up. <laughs> okay. So for my top five, but, and because of my top five, I will give it a one. Mm, wow. Yeah. That's not yeah. true. I mean, I promise you this is I, of all the new who. Oh, no, 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 no. I take that back. I'm going to give it a two. Because if I compared it to Sleep No More. Yeah. You got to save that for Sleep No More. Yes. So I'm going to give it a two just like you guys did. Because if I compared it to that, it would be a top five. So, um, yeah. So it is a two. Strong number two. You know, if we keep going through the um, through New Who, you know, in some kind of a linear fashion on this show, we're, you and I are eventually going to tussle, Kyle, because there are some <laughs> 11th Doctors that I cannot stand. And wow. I, we'll see. Okay, we'll, we'll see. see, because if you will notice, and I'm going to say this, if you will notice, there is a common string with the majority of episodes that I quote the 10th Doctor on. So if you think of that common string there, you know, there, there, there is a, um, commonality, almost like a river that runs through it, perhaps. So Hmm. just go back and think about it. But I will tell you this. I am very much looking forward. I'm, I'm, of course, looking forward to season three, but I'm really looking forward to season four because that was of all the seasons, season four and season 10. The, what we've seen new who so far are my favorite season. Uh-huh. So, so I know something interesting we could probably do like after each season, give a, you know, which one is our favorite? Um, and kind of just as we go through each season by the end of it, we'll kind of have a, uh, <laughs> kind of gauge what's our favorite season overall. Maybe. Cool. I like that idea. Yeah. I like hmm. that idea very much. And, Believe it or not, before we know it, it'll be time to do a speculation of Doctor Who Series 11 episode. So we'll be recording that soon. And I know that our friend Nicole will be back on with us for next uh, Series 3 because Martha is a special favorite of hers. So uh, looking forward to having her back. 
So, guys, do you have any other things before we do our closing? Uh, no, I'll just say, um, well, the closing. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I was going to go to No, no, no. That was quite fine because I, I was sitting here thinking, darn it, Kyle, you were so into your positive top fives that you totally just uh, went out, off in left field with that one. But uh, So why don't we do our chat around the room? And Clarence, I'll swing it back over to you. So what else are you working on? Oh, now's the time for that. Oh, um, I'll just say go to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash discussing network and check out our YouTube videos where we talk about all types of stuff, including you know, comics and movies and things like that. Cool. And don't forget to subscribe. So, Mr. Shackelford, where, what about you? Um, I'm getting ready to start school again. And um, as a teacher, I, I, I think so. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's occupying my that's filling my head space right now. But uh, I always encourage people to go check out the Relativity Radio Drama Serial, which you'll find at RelativityPodcast.com. And for anyone listening, if you want to uh, check out other things that Clarence and I and Lee work on, you can go to DiscussingNetwork.com and check out all the shows right there. So for everyone listening, we appreciate your time. If you disagreed with us, you thought Fear Her was one of the most greatest Doctor Who episodes, let us know. Send us some mm-hmm. feedback. We would love and to hear And seek it. medical attention. And seek medical attention. Because actually, yeah. Lee, <laughs> if you would have said that you loved this episode, I had the perfect <laughs> joke. I was going to say, of course you love this episode. You've been smelling paint fumes for the last week. Of course you loved it. <laughs> Oh, wow. That is good. Anyway, so thanks everyone for listening, and we will be back next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre. They've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. 
Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.